Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don Donato Bucci. Remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio app, and wherever else you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And please remember to give us a five-star review. I hope you are all still safe, and I hope you enjoy this show today. Um, We have a wide range of topics. So let me bring in everyone's favorite, JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today? I'm doing good. And I apologized for whoever's listening. It did sound like he was dry begging, didn't it? It sounded like he's like, you know what? Please leave us a five-star review. If you hate us, leave us one anyway. But no, I'm doing good. How about you, man? Doing well. Doing well. Can't complain. So let's get into this. I I need some live sports, but you know what? Safety first. So NASCAR's back. You're not going to watch that? Ooh, you know, maybe. Maybe. Nah, I usually I usually watch like one a that. year. You're nah, not watching that. Probably not. Probably not. No that, that that is the one topic we have not had on here. Yeah. But it'll be, anyway. it'll be hard to get that in, but go ahead. <laughs> so JT, let's start with talking about live sports. Are we getting closer to it? I don't know, but Major League Baseball is definitely trying is definitely trying to. The owners earlier this week approved and have proposed a plan for the 2020 season. Some of the highlights of it includes an 82 game season starting around July 1st with 14 playoff teams instead of 10, a universal DH, along with the geographical scheduling, meaning you would play your divisional foes and have divisional games only, as well as interleague play with the opposite division. So NL Central play division games and then against the AL Central as well. Expanded rosters and then most importantly, and this is what I want us to talk about, is – The owners proposed a 50-50 revenue share for this season only. Now, the revenue share is essentially a salary cap if you think about it. So, JT, if you are a Major League Baseball player, whether you're at the top or bottom of the pay scale, are you voting yes or no on this proposal for this season considering the revenue sharing they want to do? Absolutely not. And Of course, of course. Oh, so you would? You would just I'll volunteer get to, my to point. give up go, all your go money? For, I'm being nice. Go. No, first. if I was a major league baseball player, I would just start a hashtag no cap. Like, there's just no way this could happen. And some of the stuff I do like, but ultimately it's going to come down to, like you said, the, the 50-50 revenue share is basically a salary cap. And I think that's what's holding up this whole season from starting. And, like, no pun intended, the fact that baseball has never had a salary cap, at least when, since we've been alive, is the one feather that baseball has in this cap as far as, all right, this is what separates us from the rest of the sports of why we want people and athletes to come into our sport is because you can come in here and make as much money as you want. 
and whatever that team feels you're worth, that's the amount that you get. So if they take that away, they're basically basically going to turn into the NFL. So more players on these rosters means that there's going to be less money to go around for the players. And I was reading somewhere today where they were saying that obviously if they start uh, a shortened season in 2020, it's going to cut down the amount that these players are going to make this year. And so much that a guy who's retired, Prince Fielder is going to be the one that's making the most money if they do that at $24 million. So that's just, that lets you know what the players are giving up financially to make this shortened season happen when really it's not in their best interest. It's more for the fans and baseball as an entity, but there are some things in, in the proposal that I like. And um, I want to get, before I get into that, I want to get your opinion on, the salary cap, because you did not go the way I thought you would on that. So you're okay with him possibly signing this with that 50-50 revenue share? No. So, no. And I have a buildup to it. So if you want to finish, go ahead, because I don't want to steal your thunder. This guy's always so dramatic. You got to have have a full uninterrupted (laughs) We got to have a buildup. We got to have a buildup. That's what people listen for. But yeah, like I was saying, they're I think they're cutting the salaries that they play this year by like 30 to 40 percent. So that's a lot. Um, as far as that, that's what I disagree with. But everything else I think I like. So one of the things that I do like is the full time DH thing. I think that's good because it kind of gives teams a strategic advantage just based on how their their roster is set up. Like, for instance, like think of some of those National League teams that are really good, like with offensive depth, like the Dodgers or the Nationals. Like they can essentially like rest players and either rest players that are injured or they can sit good offensive players sometimes without sacrificing, you know, maybe giving up something on the defensive end by putting them like encycling them through that DH spot. So I think that's going to be something that's interesting. Another thing I do not like, I don't know if you mentioned, I didn't didn't hear you say it, but I'm imagining they're going to be playing more double headers to kind of cycle through this season, this shortened season? No, no, I don't think they would have to with 82 games. I mean, it may stretch the season out a little bit, but uh, they didn't really have talks about scheduled doubleheaders. All right. So that was something that I was worried about because I don't think baseball players are used to double. They wouldn't want to be used to doubleheaders on a, you know, a regular basis. Um, But if you say that's not going to happen, then I don't think that's going to be an issue. But other than the cap, and the only other thing, too, is you mentioned the divisions and how they're going to be playing each other. Obviously, some teams are going to be at a disadvantage. Like, if you got to play, like, the Astros and the Angels more than some other teams would, I think that's going to be a major disadvantage. That's a but, great point. Yeah, that's a great point. I did not think about that. Yeah, but other than that, I think, like you said, the cap is the major thing. So if they can work that out, I, I don't have an issue with the rest of the plan. Well, with the divisional stuff – that happens in the course of the season. The only problem is you don't have the other divisional, uh, the other division, the other divisional teams that have some of the lower kind of easy teams to beat. You don't have that to offset, you know, playing in like the AOS with the Astros. But JT, you got to go back a little bit. Owners and players in March, all right, previously agreed to prorated salaries, meaning if we play 82 games, we are 81 of the 162 games. We get half our salary, right? So if you're yeah. making 20 million a year, you would have gotten 10. So but the players, sense. they're going to they're gonna pay them for the work they put in. Exactly. And the players already agreed to that, right? So now you're asking them to take even more of a hit because let's face it, they're not going to get their prorated salaries if you're going off of revenue sharing. 
it's just impossible to make it up because no fans in the stands, you know, in stadium signage and sponsorships are out the window. So they're going to lose money even more than the prorated salaries already. So, and your boy, Tony Clark has said they are done negotiating salaries. Salary terms are done. They already agreed to that in March. It's because done. Because you know if he caves, they will fire him immediately. <laughs> like this, this, I feel like, and I'll let you continue, this is going to prove just how good the players' union is for baseball. Like if, if they go through this and don't cave and don't give up any of the salary sacrifices that are being proposed, then they truly have the strongest union in sports. Yeah, we'll see. Now, the other part, they advanced 170 million, meaning the owners of salary to the union to spread out however they needed to see fit for the two months that they lost, April and May. All right. But that advance is going to count against their final salaries. So they will end up earning that. And then that might be it, you know, depending then they might get a little bit more in that 50, 50 revenue share. So, you know, they're earning that advance back with potentially very little new money. So again, the players here, they're, I, I don't think that they're getting a lot of the money that they should. Meaning now the flip side, I understand tough times. Everyone needs to show sympathy and empathy. So with that said, if I'm the players, I say, you know what? Because Face it, JT, the owners might say, if you don't agree to this, we just won't play then, even though the owners kind of previously agreed to a, to a pay structure. But they could still try to rip that up. But anyway, if I'm the player that say, okay, if that's the only way it can be, we'll scratch your back. But down the road, you've got to scratch our back. Meaning two things. One, we agree to this. You cannot fire based on the pandemic any front office staff from here until the end of the year. All right. We don't want to hear financial issues causing you to fire people in the front staff that are making 50,000 a year Two, we're putting it in paper over the next two CBAs. You cannot, we are not negotiating any salary cap. Don't even bring it up. It's not even an offer on the table. It will not be over the next two CBAs. We, we can't even go out for drinks and discuss it. Nope. Cannot. We don't even want to hear the word in baseball salary cap. Got it? And that's it. So if that's the way to play it, then I think they might have to accept this. Um, but the number one thing should be the health of the players and the staff. That needs to be addressed thoroughly. And I'm a little worried they're kind of just skimming past it, JT. Hmm. So long story short, do you think that they'll actually play this year? Yes. Yes. I think everyone, again, it always comes down to money. Everyone has too much money to lose. Uh, I don't know, man. That salary cap situation is serious. But JT, this is the thing. It's a serious holdup. But it's for three months. It goes back 2021 season. We're not agreeing to that. It's only for this season is the thing. So what's it matter? Be no, strong think- in the next CBA. Don't cave to it in the next CBA. Yeah, in, in, they never have. They never have. So you know, challenging times cause for different measures, and this is a time. I agree. I do think they'll play this year, but you never know. This could be that little window that MLB has been looking for to stop having to overpay these guys so much. But like you said, if the union reps are strong. They'll fire him on the spot. But if the union reps are strong, it's not going to matter in the next CBA. They're going to say no cap. 
next issue. All right. So we'll see what happens ultimately. So let's switch gears and go to the NBA where we're going to talk about something I never thought we'd talk about on this show, the NBA G League. And the only reason we're bringing this up is because of what's going on recently. So uh, the number one high school prospect for 2020, uh, Jalen Green, has chosen to go to the G League instead of playing for a college team. And this is crazy because there is a G League uh, initiative that sources say will pay the elite players that choose to go to the G League uh, around $500,000 a year. So that's a lot of cash. It's definitely more than he'll make in, uh, in college. But Donato, do you think that this move by Jalen Green is going to be a problem for the NCAA? And also, is this a good move for him? So I'll address that second question first. Good move by Jalen Green, yes. And pertaining to him because of the reasons he gave. He said he wants to get better and wants to develop. He want to get paid. And listen, I like those reasons. All right. But let's face it, college coaches and teams, their main thing is to win. If if they don't, they get fired, JT. So the, the development, I feel like, is going away a little bit in the basketball ranks because that's why they came out with, remember, it used to be the D League, which stood for Developmental League. And now I always the, thought I always thought that like the D League when I first heard it, I thought it was like a grade. Like it just sounds like a failing grade. <laughs> like well, like you you can't go in the NBA because you're like we give you a D rating as a player. That's why maybe they switched it to G League. So it's all about development, and that's exactly what he's getting out of it. So and then throw the money on top. Are you kidding me? Half a million for an eighteen year old? That's a lot. Of, of that's course, a lot it's, for anybody. Like he doesn't. That could be a lot for a forty year old. Exactly. That's a, that's a ton for you and I. And and that is the thing. I could never I could never have to speak to you again if I got paid what Jalen Green got paid. I would still I would still I would still find you and we we see talk with sports. half a million dollars, I can just block you. <laughs> so the other thing is, you know, he's that good, he's only gonna play one year. So for him, that college experience, he doesn't really need it. Now, going to what you're saying is a problem for the NCAA. I mean, listen, the 2019 class, Lamella Ball. R.J. Hampton, they left, played overseas. Um, so we do see this happen, but it hasn't been rampant. Like, think about Brandon Jennings kind of started that trend, but it hasn't picked up much steam, and a lot of it is because they have to go overseas. Now, this is stateside, so a little bit more enticing, but it's still not an NCAA problem because only a select few will choose that route, right? Like, the true one-and-dones will do that, all right? So – the NCA will survive because because they're because they're, they're, they're evil and they always come out well, on top. They're still going to have all these other great players. Like think about Kobe, KG, LeBron. They never went to college, and the NCA is still fine. Well, let's get the the immediate answer out of the way. I do agree with you. Yes, it's a good move for Jalen Green because he's going to make more money legally in quotes then any booster could pay him at a major university. And like you said, he's going to get all of the benefits of, you know, professional training, coaching, and the NBA wants him to succeed. So he's going to get that support as well. Also too, it's not just him. There's some other guys that are highly ranked in this class that are going into the G league. And then some international players that are like high on the draft radar, like the the kid from the Philippines, Kai Soto, it's like seven to the dudes a freak. I, have you seen his highlights on social media? Uh, no, I have not. Dude, you're our dude, social dude. media guy, JT. You're so you, well, you don't let me, you don't guy. let me you're see not, the account at all. Live, you're not watching live sports, so I would think that you'd see some footage of something. You can't rewatch old finals games forever, but anyway, yeah, 
Kai Soto's going to be the first uh, Philippines player like that's actually born there to be drafted. So he's on the way to the G League too. So I don't think that this is a major problem for the NCAA yet because I don't think that the NBA is making this initiative to pay players through the G League to compete with the NCAA. I think this is more to compete with what the guys can make in international play. And like you mentioned, you already mentioned LaMelo Ball and RJ Hampton. They didn't go to college, but they went overseas. If the NBA G League would have had this initiative set up, they could have had those guys sooner. They could have already been in the system and they could have been developing them. So I think short term, it's to, com- to compete with that. But long term, I do think it is a problem because at some point, people, and we talked about this a lot on the last show, guys who are going to college to play athletics, they're only going there because people are making them. Most of them would much rather go to the G League and start making money and supporting their families and making a living. So down the line, if the NCAA doesn't get his act together, I can see this being a major issue. But again, it's the the one thing, I don't know if you mentioned it, talking about the half a million pl- you know, plus a year. It's for elite it's, prospects. It's for yeah. elite prospects. So but again, those, are the one, those are the ones that shift the paradigm in college basketball anyway. So those are the ones we care about. Like if you're, if you're staying more than one year, then you're not the elite prospect we're talking about. But imagine if for the next 10 recruiting classes, the top 10 players don't go. Like you don't think the NCAA is going to feel an impact? I mean, they will, but I'm just saying that oh, absolutely. Are, are all of them going to do it? Because a lot of these elite guys, their main – one of their big dreams is to play at a Duke, to play at a Kansas, to play at uh, UNC think, where think, Jordan I think did. their major dream is to go to the NBA. But here's the thing. I don't, I don't know what the qualifier is, but what qualifies as elite? Because I can't imagine it's going to be, oh, well, whatever they're ranked on rivals will determine their pace. Because then you're just going to have people like – doing anything they can to become a five-star? That's a great question. I don't know. It, I guess that will be up to the NBA slash G League. So. You're a stats guy. You're supposed to pull that for me. That's more info than stats. So, speaking of Duke, let's who go. Hate, who he hates, by the way. So, just know that this is a Don topic. You know what's so funny? This is definitely – I didn't want to talk about this because there's a lot of speculation here. I didn't want to talk about it. This is a JT talk. He said it twice. You you can judge the truthfulness of his comment. Well, anyway. If you say, def- if you say it a third time, we know you're lying, Pinocchio. This is Come a on. JT topic because it's controversial here. So last week in Miami-Dade Circuit Court, right, by, right near Jimmy, right by JT lawyers representing Zion's former agent, Gina Ford, filed documents, basically also discovery interrogatories, asking Zion some interesting questions, JT, which could eventually put Duke on notice from the NCAA. Basically, they are alluding to the fact that he or his family was paid to go to Duke as (gasps) well as (laughs) to sign with Nike or Adidas. They also ask who paid for the family's house while he attended Duke. In addition, Coach K could be deposed regarding this lawsuit. So, JT, your thoughts on this situation? So basically, Reggie Bush went to Duke. Like nobody cares. This is this is the most this is the most uh, obvious thing of all time. Zion is the what you agree he's probably the biggest high school prospect. Whoa, 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 prospect. whoa! You said no one cares. You know, no, we you know, care. 
NCAA cares. NCAA cares. Let me build. Let me build. Like you said. So you admit that Zion's probably the biggest prospect in basketball since LeBron. Just like on sheer, just, just hype. Okay. Okay. I'm not saying he's LeBron, but he's probably like hype. No, I understand what you're saying. Okay, I'll give it to you. With that kind of hype. It was, you know, a 16-year gap is big. I'm trying to think. So LeBron LeBron James Jr. is going to college. He was going to get paid no matter where he went. If he went to UN, we were going to – we would have went bankrupt, but we would have paid him too. He would His family would have had a house in the Gables. His family – his uncles would have had a condo on the beach. He was going to get whatever he wanted no matter where he went. And – I don't know what the legal ramifications are if he has to, if he's, you know, bound by the judge to speak or, you know, can, is there like some sort of like self perjury, like at risk here, but why, if there's not, why would he snitch? Like there's nothing in it for him, but you brought up the thing about Duke and coach K and that's really interesting because when I said people don't care, obviously we care because we're talking about it, but to be honest with you, yeah, I brought this story to you, but really you really haven't heard anything about it as far as, you know, any outrage or really anything about it on the national level as it pertains to Duke. It's really been about Zion and his in this agency that he left. And because, it's Duke, because it's Duke and because Coach it's Duke. K. Come on, they can't it's, it's, it's like Bama and, that's, and, and Saban. That's, and, that's, and, that's the, and that's my main thought in this situation is Duke's getting away with it again, and this is why people hate Duke. If this was John Calipari at Kentucky, I feel like, oh, this would be like on every news outlet. It'd be front page news and it'd be a big issue and this just shows how duke gets away with so much come on they were all against the whole one and done thing forever and then all of a sudden coach k bought into it and then out of nowhere in zion's class he got the top three players who nobody thought not one but if all of them would end up at duke out of all places nobody batted an eye how do you think those three guys got to duke do you think they just came there for free no they paid them so Yes, I think this should affect Duke and Coach K's, you know, crystal clear legacy, but I don't think anything's going to happen, which is why people are going to get even more angry at Duke. So, yeah, I agree on some of the stuff you said there. You couldn't say it all. I know. There you go. You just couldn't say all. JT (laughs) nailed it. I I don't don't have any rebuttal. Let's move on to the next subject. I would just say, listen, pump the brakes. A lot of this is speculation. Listen. There may be some truth, but you got to keep in mind where this is coming from. It's a lawsuit by the ex-agent who's claiming they should get $100 million based on a breach of contract. But you don't think there's some venom there? You know how the NCAA works. If this were any other school but Duke, the NCAA will already be in there and Duke will already be and, self-imposing uh, infractions. And I agree. And I think this could get really ugly between the two sides that are in the lawsuit. So at the very least, I, I'm with you. At the very least, the NCAA should probably open an investigation. Probably. Well, I mean, they got to take in, into consideration open, all the facts. They should so, open an investigation so every time the top three players just decided to go to Duke out of nowhere. So they're going to have to do that all the time? They didn't do that with the Fab Five. It came out way later. Like, you can't just always presume that, right? Like, you can't just – that's not right. right. That's not right. I went to Duke for free. Absolutely. I'm not saying that either. But, again, did you like what the NCAA did to Miami just because one guy, Nevin Shapiro, said something? See, now you want to change your tone. No. What happened was the NCAA – I mean, hold on, come on, hold on, hold on. The NCAA messed up that investigation. 
Okay, as big as of a Canes fan I am, you're you're gonna say none of that stuff was true. Like none of that stuff was true. Oh, he definitely they, paid for all that. They stuff. butchered the investigation, so don't jump the conclusions here. This is Duke and Coach K on the line. You have to make oh, sure it is K. it is an airtight case. If not, guess what? NCAA is gonna look even worse than usual. All right. Man. So don't just jump to the conclusions. Coach and listen, K is untouchable. And, it, and, it won't matter. But you're totally right. Like it goes to show you the power of Duke because Kansas and Bill Self is in a lot of trouble based on the Adidas stuff, right? Even, you know, Louisville. I mean, look at what they've gone through, right? And they had Patino. Rick Patino will never be a never be a high level coach again because of strippers. This they, dude paid three NBA lottery picks to come to his school. So I mean. There's a lot here to digest. I say let's wait. I, listen, you know me. I don't back Duke at all, and you, you've known me for how long now? But I'm going to say, you know what? Let's let the facts play out here, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Then. I don't know. I don't, I don't trust where your alliances lie now. You, wow. you, I thought you were going to go all in wow. on Duke, fire Coach K, burn the campus down, <laughs> dismantle the program, give him the death penalty. <laughs> Take everything down from the rafters. No. <laughs> Listen, Whatever. if they never – if they get in trouble and they never win another – any sort of title ever again, I'm not going to be crying for them. So don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I want to be fair because I don't like when people come after Miami's program for football. Uh, well, they won't be doing that anytime soon for the Canes football team. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't Listen, even think I have faith. See, I, don't I even have think faith. recruits come will on. take our money right I now. Have, I have faith. <laughs> Uh, well, let's talk. Let's talk about something you hate more, more than Duke, and that's uh, people Wait, getting. What? Let's what? Talk, about, talk about something you hate more than no, Duke. No, is yeah. that possible? Yes, that's not possible. You want to know? You want to know what he hates more than Duke? People getting extensions with years left on their current deal. That's <laughs> not true. It that's needs true. to be. No, that's it true. needs to be the right player in right no, positions. No, Come if, on, I'm telling you, anybody. If we ever get professional athletes on this show that are in the league, just know if you have a contract that's coming up and you still have years left on your deal, if you try to get an extension, you will not get support from Don at all. But I tell you what, you come on the show as a player, I'll give you all the support. You <laughs> I'll be, I'll, I'll do your contract for free. I'll negotiate it for free. I, even with the free charge, I don't think they would want you to touch their contract. <laughs> but no, you made a good point about players that might deserve it. So I don't think about I don't think there's any player more deserving than, of an extension than Patrick Mahomes. So I think he has what two years left on his contract, and Deshaun Watson is also up for contract extension as well with the Texans. So got me thinking: Would it be smart for the Chiefs? to extend Mahomes before the Texans beat him to the punch and give Watson a new big deal? Personally, JT, I don't think it matters because what he will demand is his value, is what he's worth, and I think he will get what he is worth. So so unless – hold on. Unless the Texans – now, this is a big if, right, because it could come true. Unless the Texans grossly overpay Watson per year. Bill (laughs) O'Brien handing out way more money than he should to players. No, I don't think that will happen. So unless they pay him per year on average 50 million, like even if it's 40, JT, think about it. Because right now we're talking about Mahomes getting 40 to 50. So yeah, 
he gets 40, say Watson does, Mahomes is going to get 45, 50. Like, he's going to get north of 40 anyway. So unless the Texans butcher it and give like 50, 45 to 50 million a year to to Watson. They, they gave 50 I, I don't million think, a year to Larry Tunsil. What do you think? What, they, they gave 50 million to Larry Tunsil a year. What do you think Watson's going to get? Obviously, I'm joking, but no. You brought up a good point, and it's funny. We don't compare notes before the show, so that was actually going to be one of my points is Bill O'Brien is the wild card in this. But I disagree with you because you always say this, and apparently it's just a running back thing. You always want to be the guy that resets the market first because that contract's no longer the highest. And especially if you're extending for a quarterback, yes, you want to be the first one to get it done. No, 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 no. Hold on. You're right. I only say that with the superstar. Because if I don't have a superstar, why would I go set the market? So that's why here I don't think it matters because I have the superstar this time. Whether I do it before or after, it, it doesn't quite matter unless someone butchers it like the Rams did. I see, I see your point on the superstar aspect, but here's why I think this situation is unique. One, I've heard this before, and I always thought it internally. I think, because, I think the best thing the Chiefs could do, I know this sounds stupid, but the best thing the Chiefs could have done is won a, won a Super Bowl while Mahomes is still in that rookie deal because what I think Kansas City can do is they have the opportunity to convince him to take, not completely, but a little bit of the Tom Brady route of, hey, we're going we're gonna to pay you, but you don't have to be the highest paid guy because look at what we have around you. We can keep this together and you can win more Super Bowls while still winning uh, still getting your money. So I think that is a unique situation that Kansas City has in play. But then also, too, I think you want to get this done for something that you already brought up. Bill O'Brien, he's the wild card. And like you said, are we so sure that Bill O'Brien is not going to butcher this situation with the Sean Watson and overpay him? So we don't know what that number is going to be. So if you have a chance to get Mahomes a brand new deal, it's a little bit under market value. You absolutely take advantage of that. Maybe, maybe you're right. Ah, that means I got him. He doesn't have anything else no, to say. No, I just, I, there's, you know, I, you've stated your case. I've, I've stated mine. What I'm saying is what's, what's two, three million really matter. Yes. If, if you're saying by doing it first, Mahomes takes 30, I, I would sign him up right now for eight years. But the problem is with that high of a number, JT, whether it's 39 or 42, you're stuck in that range. You better you know, have I, all your other contracts locked up. I it's not going to matter. That Magic Johnson deal, $25 million for 25 years. I just say, <laughs> look, man, we're going to build the Super Bowl. Take this. $1 well, you million up, a year. <laughs> you brought up something I didn't think about. Um, so apparently he is – there's rumors that he is going to be, I guess, offered at least $50 million a year. Do you think he's worth it? Well, I think it depends on the cap for those years because no – What's that? No cap. Yeah, no cap. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter. Give them 60. What, what would it matter? Well, because in 2022, Tyreek Hill's in his last year. He's going to get paid, too. But that's the thing. See, that's when Mahomes' extension, you always love giving guys extension, that's when his extension would kick in. We're two years away from the extension kicking in. So you don't know what the cap's going to look like. And then on top of that, in 2022, Tyreek is in his last year. 20.6 million against the cap. You can cut Tyreek. The dead or you cap's, can restructure. The dead cap's only 2.65. But at that point, 
You lose Tyreek, that's a huge weapon. So, like, who do you have to replace him at that point? So, listen, what you were saying with the Brady, the Brady effect, teams win with great quarterbacks and friendly deals. Give, let me give you examples. 2009, Ben. Breeze, 2010. Rodgers, 2011. That's all before all of these big contracts exploded. Has Ben won since? Nope. Has Breeze won since? Nope. Has Rodgers even gotten close since? Nope. Brady's that only guy that's been that elite, elite guy that's even making somewhat that much money after his rookie deal. Russell Wilson still was on his rookie deal when he won the Super Bowl. So, KC, so my thing is, 50 million might be too much depending on the cap. Like, KC wins now because what? Great quarterback on a rookie deal, friendly deal. Allow them to, to sign Hill, Tyron Matthew, and guys like Frank Clark. He gets 50 million, meaning Mahomes, you ain't signing those quality players. Yeah, I think 50 mil is a, a little extreme. I personally would find the way to do the whole Tom Brady situation where it's like, look, guy, you got to take less money to keep all these guys around. Either that what? or we'll be a wild card team for the next 10 years. You think Mahomes would take that Brady-friendly deal for the team? I I think he would because I think that franchise has proven they know what they're doing. They've been good to him. And plus, let's be honest, his dad is a professional athlete, so he knows how this works. And he knows by winning more Super Bowls that he's going to make that money up over time if he continues to be successful on the field. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on the range, right? Like, what, It's not, it's, it's what not, is, like, it's not, not like Mahomes is – like providing for the entire like family and grandmas well, and aunts and uncles, like his dad has money, like they're they're fine. But the other thing is, what's considered that friendly deal, right? Is that twenty five? Is it twenty four? I think the thirty five, like, like the thirty five 30, to thirty eight million a year would be the friendly, because we're assuming the cap's gonna keep going up. True, true. That's still really high, big percentage. But you're right. We'll we'll presume that goes up. The other quick thing with that too is though, if the pandemic has shown us anything though, JT. You take, cut. you get your money. You take your money when you can. <laughs> that right, Scott. <laughs> so Mahomes might say, "Yeah, friendly deal is great, but give me my money." So, <laughs> JT, ESPN came out top seventy-four NBA players wait of all to time. Talk about this. You might be surprised. ESPN recently released their top seventy-four, but we're just going to talk about the top ten real quick. Going from ten to number one, Shaq, Kobe at number nine. Tim Duncan, Bird, Wilt, Magic at five, Russell, and then Kareem at three, LeBron at two, MJ at one. Are they correct? Are we talking about just this top ten? Yeah, just the top ten. Go. You want to go through all 74? No one wants to Oh, hear I that. thought that's what you were going to do because you no. always like to have all your stats in the line. Top ten. This is hard because a part of me – and part of my language, part of me thought this list was partially bullshit. And <laughs> I, I hated some things that I saw, not just in the top 10, but in the top 20. And then part of the list I did like. But here's, here's my main beef with this list. If we're based, because Michael Jordan is number one, which, shocker, like, it's ESPN. They're going to put him number one. There's, like, no debate. But just everything that you've been saying for years and years about basketball players and rankings – if we're going based on this list, then there's no way LeBron can be number two. There's no way he can be ahead of Kareem, Russell, and Magic. There's just no way. Because if we're going off of Jordan's number one, the rings have to heavily factor into that and how you perform 
in those big games. Like, how is by, Bill Russell not? Go ahead. By the way, I've never agreed with the whole rings thing. I mean, is you I, have I, the most and you win. Like, we can we can talk about that another day. But go well, ahead. MJ's number one. That's MJ's claim to fame because if it can't, it sure as hell can't be stats because LeBron is killing him in stats. Like by the time he's done, Pip, Scottie Pippen's even said it. LeBron got him now in stats, and he's definitely going to have him by the time his career is over. So MJ's number one. We're going off of that model that it's most likely the rings. Bill Russell, how is he not number two and being considered for number one? Most championships in NBA history with 11, and he had, I think, what, five MB- MVPs? That's the most. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who you love, has six rings and six MVPs of his own. So those two have the most MVPs ever. There's no way LeBron, if we're going off this model, could be ahead of him. And then there's no way he could be ahead of Magic. Magic has five titles. Like, that's insane. And then are we not even considering Wilt and Larry Bird, too, like in that top three? Like, I just feel that. Well, Wilt has two. So I'm just saying, like, you're just talking about, you're saying it's not always about the wins. We're talking about just raw stats. Like, I just want to know how ESPN picked LeBron to be number two, mainly over Magic, Russell, and Kareem. Because if you're going off of Jordan, I feel it's irresponsible. There's no way you can say that. Well, I mean, there's so many different factors. Like, that's why they're probably picking LeBron. It's stats. He's got three rings. But also, like, think about it. Would you rather have on your team, if you're building one today, right now, or even 20 years ago in the mid-90s, would you go with Kareem or LeBron? I mean, I'd go LeBron. Like, Kareem is is but that goes such against a great your, that goes that goes against all the arguments you make about respecting huh. errors and errors and stuff. Like I that. do, and I'm gonna give you what mine is. All right, I think ten for Shaq, he's right where he should be. I think nine should be Duncan. Eight, you're not you're not gonna agree with me here, but I think it should be Bill Russell. He had the greatest coach possibly of all time with him, especially at that time. And then on top of that, he had some of the greatest players of all time on those Celtic teams. Then I go Larry Bird at seven, six is Kobe, and then my top five is Magic, Kareem, Wilt, LeBron. And listen, I think LeBron and MJ 1-2 is interchangeable because you look at what LeBron does night in, night out, the hype he's lived up to, I don't know what else you want from the guy. So, But if you want to put MJ 1, I'm fine with that. Just know there is a debate there, MJ or LeBron number one. And then but I think is, I think Wilt's right after them. But this is the hard part about this list. If you're go if MJ's number one, do you know that the reason he's number one is because they're factoring in the titles to it? Listen, and I've, I've titles always, and MVP, which MVPs, which means we're looking at not only got obviously all these guys have great stats, they're great players, and we're not even debating that. But you're arguing the titles aspect of it, and also you're arguing the MVP and how they perform in those big games. I'm sorry. But Kareem and Russell have better, better, better stats in those situations than LeBron. And this is only because I, I feel you 100%. Like, the MJ-LeBron, I think, is interchangeable if you're throwing in the whole thing. But you know why MJ is number one. And this just proves until – I'm sorry, until people die, like, there's just no discussion of where MJ's place will be all time amongst every player. Like, it's like he has to be number one. And then everything that everybody else did is then we can start arguing about it then. Well, listen, would you rather have as your quarterback, franchise quarterback of the future, Dan Marino or Troy Aikman? Dan Marino. Okay. So that's my whole point. 
Aikman's got three rings. Marino has none. Doesn't mean Aikman's not good. He's he's one of the best ever as well. But Marino just was you, not in that right situation. Okay, but in this situation, that's the same thing with LeBron. Do you, do you think and, LeBron and is the is on. the best winner hold, on this in this top ten? But that's not. So I can the argue question. he's the worst. That's, he's the worst. He's the worst in crunch time. The, but see, that's not the question. See, I look at it different. Listen, if I'm going out on a playground to play. I want the best skill player. Tank. Want I the want tank. the I want the tank. I want the guy that's going to be the best skilled player. He wants the Maybe. best skilled player because he sure as hell not going to help him win the game. <laughs> I'll do all the other little stuff. I'll be your Rodman. Like cheer I'll, and jump I'll, down. I'll rebound. I'll dive on the floor. I'll try to play defense. You will dive but, on the floor. I'll give you but, that. But that's the thing with LeBron. Like, think about Wilt. JT, if Wilt had as many rings as Russell, Wilt would be number one hands down. So, so, so why so, does Wilt get punished for not having the same? Name the Lakers coach in the 70s that Wilt was going to the finals with. I don't even know who it is. But you, you don't know, know who it is? You know who Russell's coach was? Red Auerbach. Like, that's the difference, man. He had Koozie. I mean, it's ridiculous, like, how we punish Wilt. Let me like that's this, my, that's bro. These are I his. Was, I these was, are his I was career. trying to help you out with that. These I, are his I, career stats. Will thirty point one points a game, twenty two point nine rebounds a game, four point four assists a game. You know what they always say about him? He only has two titles. What's that matter? What does that matter? Will is then why better. is MJ number one? That's the point. Then why is MJ number one? Because he <laughs> putting him number one is setting the precedent for the rest of this list. But who do you? But who do you want to put at number one? You said LeBron and MJ are interchangeable. Why not make LeBron number one? I'm fine with that. I'm just saying if they want to put Jordan one, listen, I've made that argument a ton of times that LeBron's number one. But listen, I'm fine if you want to put MJ there. Just know there's a debate and don't tell me it's only because he has six rings. Well, I'll tell you what. If we're talking about only best player, we're not talking about best teammate. We're not talking about winner. We're talking about best player. What that means is who's got the best skill. You put them one-on-one on a playground match and say, hey, the loser, you know, just gets thrown on a private island never to be heard from again. LeBron's going to play and has the physique, even if they're both in their prime. I think LeBron wins that one-on-one game. Uh, this is – there's there's so many things I don't like about this list. I agree with you on the Wilt thing, obviously. Also, too, I think Magic and LeBron, like their ranking, I think they're too close together for Magic to be that far back. Because I feel like he gets disrespected as time goes on, too. He's great, man. Like like I said, we already said how many Absolutely. rings he's won. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he gets disrespected. But also, too, another thing that was really kind of shocked me about this list, and I I know why he's at number nine, but having Kobe that low, that to me, I know why they put him there. But then again, you can't have that debate about who's better, LeBron, Kobe, or MJ, if he's all the way that far back. And I know the well, reason he's at number nine is because of the MVP, the amount of MVPs that he did not win. Listen, again, I think Kobe's a great player. Top 10 for sure. You know, and I have him at six. But let, let's face it. If we're looking at everything, forget what happened to Kobe and put the rings aside, if we're looking at those three guys and those are the three picks you get to go at LA Fitness and roll with, are, are you picking Kobe over those two guys, hands down? Over who? MJ and LeBron? Yeah. Well, no, right. and that's why he gets put to the back of the list. 
I don't know. I this seeing LeBron. Listen, at number, I love of those three seeing guys, LeBron I at love, number two is probably what bothered me and triggered me the most. But where do you want to put him? Where do you put him, bro? He's unbelievable. Like we do not appreciate you him. You, you say right all the time, now. Kareem might be the most disrespected player. He could be. You just made a case on another show that he was probably the best player of all time. He. I, no, I didn't say best of all time. I think that may have been Wilt you were talking about because I think Wilt gets disrespected because, again, in all the articles, only two titles. What's that got the matter? That guy could play in any era, Wilt Chamberlain. Shaq would have trouble with Wilt. We underestimate how good Wilt was because he had to go against Russell and the Celtics. It's weird, and, I'll, and we'll move on because I, I, didn't, I didn't think we'd get so I didn't uh, think so, so either, but there. you threw me off. I mean, you're kind of disrespecting LeBron. It's like, I'm listen, not, but I'm not is, a, everybody else is getting disrespected. I feel like MJ's number one, <laughs> and they put him there because he is a better winner than LeBron, but then you're disrespecting everybody, everybody else because they, do, they have everything else that's better than what LeBron has done. They win more. Most of their stats are – could of not equal to his so it, this list is kind of like what's the criteria besides just fans i mean i don't know i always look at these lists hey best player best skilled factor everything in winning mj good teammate everything mj is the best winner everybody else on this list behind lebron similar or better stats more wins more accolades so i don't know we'll I guess we'll have to move on. We'll have to talk about this offline. <laughs> you're pissing me off. <laughs> you know, I'm so mad. Let's go back to the NFL. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, let's, let's hope we see a game this year. But the NFL schedule leaked uh, last week, so they got everybody all hyped up. So I want to know, what uh, game are you most forward, most forward, uh, looking most forward to? Um, let me give you th- basically any game the Chiefs are in. Is I only that, had is one that... game, by the way. He had three. <laughs> Any game the Chiefs are in. Um, but beside that, Saints at Raiders, Las Vegas, first game ever in, in Vegas. Uh, it's a home game. Monday Night Football, the new black hole, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas come to town. Great game. Chiefs at Saints and then Steelers at Cowboys. See, I only picked one. So I just – I can't wait to see that Brady versus Brees in the Super Bowl, Superdome in week one. That's going to be such a good game. But – um. You gave a lot of games. I did not think you were going to go that deep into the I schedule. Gave, I gave three. I gave three. I know. I only gave one. Shocker. But uh, you obviously have seen the entire NFL schedule for the whole yeah. year. Hey, we research. That's what we do so, here. Get, get, with the, so, get with the program. So this is what I want to ask you. I want you to kind of be a Nostradamus and predict ahead. Give me a game or two or three <laughs> that you think are potential like sleeper type games that might have major playoff implications all right january 3rd hold Steelers. on time on, time on. I, I just want to say it, i only have one i think you have three you I, go I'm, first then you no, go no, first. no 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 i just want to see if you have the one game that i have okay probably not january 3rd for the division steelers at browns nope Hell December, no. <laughs> December, <laughs> December 3rd. I think this is going to kick one of the teams out of a wild card spot, even though they're separate conferences. Cowboys at Ravens. And then week 15, this is the matchup. Buffalo at Denver. I was going to go with the Buffalo at Denver game, but all right. So I, I like all of those. I only picked one because obviously there's like every game can have yeah, playoff of implications. Course, yeah. Yeah. But I want to stay with Buffalo. 
because I think they're going to be the team that, depending on how they do, is definitely going to determine where everybody else goes in the AFC because I think they'll have the easiest division. Week five, the Bills are playing at the Titans. Week I think, five, playoff ramifications, playoffs. I'm going to tell you, tell you, you why. You want to talk I'm about playoffs. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. I know it's early, but I think this low-key could be the battle for the number two seed in the AFC. You think? I think. Because think about it. Titans, they're not a pushover team. We automatically assume the Chiefs are going to be number one, right? So I don't think anybody else from that division is coming out of there. AFC East is wide open. The Patriots are dead. The Bills are supposed to be that team is just going to run away. So I'm looking at they're going to lose maybe two games at most of the division. So, and the Titans, I think they're really good. I don't think that division is going to – I think they're, they're going to pull away more than people think in that division. So I think this game is going to be a big game when people look back at it at the end of the year. Okay. I mean, hey, kudos to you if that comes true because that's, that's really good for – that'd be a really good uh, prediction call there for sure, for sure. He's like that's, this idiot. <laughs> no, I did not know. He's I like, week 17, the Browns <laughs> throw a Hail Mary to get the last playoff spot. No. I just feel mine was more dramatic. Week five? Dear week Lord, five. week five? We're not even at bye weeks because, yet. Because I feel like we'll like that that game will set the tone for the rest of their seasons. Because okay. that's that's okay. a big that's a big supposed to be a big and, playoff matchup. And in it AFC. could be could be a tiebreaker situation. I got you. So listen, we've had a great main event show so far. So let's go some call timeout. Actually, not a timeout. Let's go back to the locker room, halftime adjustments. First thing I want to talk about. This is the last dance portion of the show. We've, we've talked about it a lot. I feel Jay- like we should just do a recap, like a whole last dance show once <laughs> we, it's done. Oh, we will. We will, of course. Come on. Shh. You're supposed to not give away the whole thing. You're supposed to tease that at the end. Anyway, a lot of the discussion, I believe it was episode eight, JT, with the 96 finals, Seattle, Chicago. I touched upon a little bit last show, last episode for us, but – Gary Payton guarding Michael Jordan. The glove. <laughs> the glove. Did George Carl blow the 96 NBA Finals by not putting Gary Payton on MJ sooner in the series? Before I get, before I get my answer, shout out to Kevin Garnett, who has the funniest Gary Payton impression I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> if you haven't listened to it, go, uh, go uh, YouTube it. He's on another podcast just basically doing an interview in the Gary Payton voice. It's hilarious. Um, you know what? Also, too, damn, this documentary is making me realize how many people just didn't have a chance because the Bulls were doing what they were doing. This is a great team, the, the Sonics in 96, man. But to your question, did they? Did George Carl blow it because he didn't put Payton on MJ? Absolutely. And – I don't understand the reasoning in the first three games. You have a guy in Gary Payton who's regarded as one of the best defensive players of all time. He was having an amazing year. Was he, was he, had he won a defensive player of the year yet? Um, I don't know. Good question. If you, I, I if, think if it was, you, this was the year he won it. I, I want to say you should have looked it up. You should have looked. It I, up. I always got my stat guy to back me up, but anyway, you, you know, based on that, you know, the caliber of defender he is. You have MJ in the finals and, He's not even 100%. I think he had, like, a calf injury, like, in that series. Of course you put your best defender, best defender in the league, from jump on him. And then you look at it. They they didn't put him on in the first three games. What happened? They went down 3-0. Gary Payton's like, look, George Carl, you're an idiot. 
I don't care what you call in the huddle. I'm going to guard MJ. And then the series rapidly changed, and they actually had a chance. You look at MJ's first three games when Gary Payton wasn't guarding him. 31 points a game, 46% field goal percentage, 50% from three-point, and he averaged 12 free throws a game. Three games where Payton was guarding him, that drops down to 23 points a game. Field goal drops to 36%, 11% from three-point, and he only averaged uh, 10 free throws a game. So what that tells me is Gary Payton got in his head. He got him worn out. And also, too, because Payton was hounding him so much, it affected other things that Jordan did, too. Like, his rebound and assist numbers went way down. I think in game five, he had, what, four rebounds and one assist in that game alone. So that just shows you the impact that Gary Payton had on him. And to your point about George Carl making this call, I don't understand that because the first three games, Payton didn't guard him. But Peyton still averaged, what, 45 minutes a game for the entire series. So why have him out there for that much time if he's not going to stop Jordan? Well, no, George Carl did not blow it for, oh. that, for, that, for that specific reason. But, JT, I'm glad you asked why he didn't do it sooner. You should have done your research. So Peyton was dealing with a calf injury that bothered him in the Western Conference Finals. That's one. They didn't want to put him out there against Jordan with the calf injury because then that was going to slow him down on the offensive side, wear him down, and, and maybe further injure that. Two, Nate McMillan, you forget, was out games one to three. So that would have led Gary Payton playing more minutes, ball handling more, and again, getting him tired by watching Jordan. He wouldn't have been as effective on the offensive end. And Nate McMillan was the key here, JT. He was just as key to Payton because once McMillan came back, they won two games. But the other thing, game two, when Payton didn't watch him, you forgot, Seattle only lost 92-88 to 88 in Chicago. Jordan was only 9 of 22. If Payton didn't guard him then, it didn't seem like they needed him on MJ all the time. Totally nine of, what, nine of tw- The stats don't lie. 9 of 22? Figure that you- out. You you are in, you are in a situation where this is a dynasty and you, this is your best shot. You you go. But that's for, not the, the reason they blew. MJ did not have a great series. I go went over this neck. last show. Kemp had just as good of a series as MJ. We went over this, and Gary Payton had nothing to do with it. In fact, the other thing. This is the fourth reason it wouldn't have mattered. Frank Brickowski replaced Irvin Johnson after game. Three and guess what? They win the next two games. He was more physical, was able to contain Luke Longley and clog up the middle a little bit. <laughs> Gary Payton, yeah, maybe that helped, but there's a lot of other factors that went into it. You laugh, but look it up. Cause, and cause then the Frank, fifth reason because Frank Kowalski contains it's Luke brick, <laughs> brick Kowski, oh, brick, 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 brick Kowski, perfect Luke basketball Longley. name. <laughs> the fifth reason, and this is the main reason Damn, why. How many reasons you got? George Carl did blow the series, but this is the reason. He should have gotten the ball to Sean Kemp more. Kemp should have been shooting 40 times. He should have did was, invite, was invited Jordan over for dinner before the series started when he was in the restaurant because that pissed Jordan off. Oh, that doesn't matter. Jordan, then he he averaged less than 30 points in this series. No, you bring you bring a really You didn't good get point. it to Sean Kemp. You should have. You let Gary Payton run the offense too much. It should have went through Kemp. If you haven't noticed, Somebody on this show loves Sean Kemp. But you make good points, but I disagree. 
it's it's a it's a final situation. You got to go. You got to go all out. But you brought up a good uh, point since you love Sean Kemp so much. Uh, he might be. He might be. He should have been on that top ten list according to Donato. <laughs> 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 but no, I, I wanted to bring up this rumor because this this was the first time I heard it, and I knew you want an opportunity to talk about it. So Jalen Rose on the Jalen and Jacoby show said that uh, Bulls GM Jerry Krause wanted to draft him and team him up with Sean Kemp back in the Bulls in 94. So let's assume this move happened. They draft uh, Jalen Rose. They find a way to get Sean Kemp in there as well. Do you think this would have changed Jordan's career if they would have got rid of Scotty? No, no. But I will say this. I would give him even more credit if he could have won without Pippen. And I actually might like Jordan if he was able to win with my dude Kemp. No, nah, so, you wouldn't like Jordan. But, You'd be like, you should have gave Kemp the ball 50 times a game. <laughs> but this is the thing. That means then Rodman never joins the Bulls in 95. Which because, is so important. Right, because they would not need him. But this is the thing. I think MJ would still be seen as he is now because I think Kemp and Rose would have had a couple years under him as well that along with Coach, don't forget about Coach and guys like oh, Steve Kerr. Oh, we can't Kerr, forget about Coach. Like, I think – And with, Longley. I think with Kemp, who actually, this is the thing about Kemp, he makes the triangle offense even more dynamic now, JT. Explosive. Right. So I think his career is the same. I still think he gets six rings because, yes, defensively he has to work harder, but offensively I don't think the Bulls miss a beat. And I'm sorry, without Rodman Kemp, still a good defensive player, but they would, they would have brought someone. I think Jalen Rose could have done just enough to still win the titles because he was a good player. I I want to say that I, the, the answer is yes. I think Michael Jordan would have still been successful, but here's what I'm skeptical about. Jalen Rose, I, I mean, no disrespect. If you Jalen, if you hear this at some point and we're outside in the cold begging for a job at ESPN, I want this, you to understand. This just means there's some disrespect <laughs> about the happen. I just want you to know that this is – how it's going to sound is not the way I mean it. There's a plan in my head, and I'm trying to make sure I verbalize it to you the right way. So Jalen Rose at the time, I guess, right, he would, he would have been unproven. But let's not act like Jalen Rose was like some superstar. So that's the first point. And then I like Sean Kim, too. I think he's really underrated. But I think if you don't have Pippen, and then like you said, this probably means Robin never enters the picture. I think that I'm not so sure Kent would be as good a fit with Jordan as Pippen and Rodman would be, because I feel like if you replace those two and you give him Kemp and possibly Jalen Rose, I feel like that puts two more players on the court. You tell me if I'm wrong that, yes, I think Kent would be explosive in the triangle offense, but I feel like they can do less without the ball than Pippen and Rodman could be. And I think that would have, that would have made, they wouldn't have been as dynamic as they were with those two on the roster. Like, and then I feel like the defensive intel not intelligence, but like, like the def- like their defensive IQ and like how they were on defense with those two guys on the court, not looking to be like offensive centerpieces, is what made the Bulls the Bulls. And I think if you throw Sean Kemp in there, I don't know if he's going to be able to deal with Jordan having the ball in his hands as much as as he didn't have Gary Payton necessarily doing that in Seattle. Gary Payton was hogging the ball in Seattle. Oh, so how would that be any different? This is the thing you forget. 
you're underestimating how good Kemp was at the rim defensively. No, no, I think he was a better good. shot blocker than Robin. He no, he's two. very good. He's very Don't good. make me pull up the stats again. He averaged double-digit rebounds against Rodman in I'm that final. I'm not dissing Kemp. He's I not just going. But you, yes, you better, are. better, better, better fit for Jordan, Pippen and Rodman, or Kemp and Rose. Of course, it's Rodman and Pippen, but the question is not that. It's would it have changed Jordan's career? No, I Jordan would have, still be six. I don't for think six. he would. I don't think he would get six. I don't know. I don't what, think so. What would be different? You don't think they beat Utah? Kemp Kemp would have played just as well as Rodman did on Malone. And then who did Pippen even guard in that? Utah had no other offense besides Stockton and I know, and, I know, and I Malone. Know you, you totally don't respect Jeff Hornacek. I get it. I'm just saying, you don't think Jalen could weren't, cover weren't Hornacek? You the guy was like, oh, Russell is is this you, is physical you guy? Think, he can match up with Jordan. You, you don't think Jalen could c- have covered Stockton or Howard Isley or Easley? I don't know, man. I'm not one of those guys that's like really high on Jalen Rose. I mean, I'm not saying he's Scottie Pippen. He's but, not, for sure. But it would not have changed Jordan's career. I just think Jordan does better with people that can move without the ball and they don't need it to Kemp, impact the game. Are you kidding me? Kemp can move without the ball. You see that guy get up and down the court? He and can. This is the thing you're forgetting. He would have pushed Kemp to even be better than he was in Seattle. Yes, I know. He would have bullied Kemp to be a better player. Hey, I get you. Hey, I'm just saying. So listen, two episodes left. Let's get to this question, all right? It got... It got both of us thinking, JT, about the different finals opponents that the Bulls and MJ face. So, real quick, rank your MJ's top three NBA finals opponents, meaning single player. And it doesn't need to be that he guarded them one-on-one. It's just who you thought was the best top three players on the court at the same time. Um, For sure, I think number one's got to be Barkley back in uh, 1993. Okay, I agree. I agree with that. <laughs> I mean, the MVP and, I, like, the more you I, look at this documentary, it's, it's yeah. a shock that it's a shame they did him win that. I agree. Um, so who you got at two? Carl Malone. I got Sean Kemp. Yeah, Sean Kemp. And I got Sean Kemp. Not Sean Kemp. I got Gary Payton at number three. Oh, my. I got Clyde the Glock. Like, how do you not have Clyde Drexler on that list? After what I saw, with, after I saw the way Jordan talked about him on the last dance, can't can't put him on there. Whatever, whatever. Did so you you're see, telling me in did a you game. See, did you're you, telling did you me see. in a game. You're telling me in a game at LA Fitness. You going Carl Malone over Clyde the Glide? Yeah, because nobody nobody gonna make a layup. <laughs> People can't shoot at LA Fitness. They all go try to do layups. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So, um, real quick before we move on to the next thing, um. Who was the best team that you think he played? Oh, that's Suns team. Suns team? Suns, yeah. You think they were better than the Jazz in 96-97? Absolutely, yeah. Because you look at you look at what Phoenix can do, they kind of had all of the positions. Even they at center, so they had so many players. They had a big team. body. Yeah, they had a big body at center. I mean, you had the MVP like Granite Malone was the MVP, but Barkley was still in his heyday whereas Malone was on Monster. the back and Malone's still on the back end of that career. All right, so we're going to go back to baseball, and we're going to talk about your boy, Bryce Harper, who was – yes, he is your boy, so I don't want to hear you say anything about whatever, it. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> no, but he was recently interviewed by former uh, MLB pitcher Dallas Braden and, on Barstool Sports, and what they were talking about was how Harper thinks it's a, quote, travesty that big league baseball players are not a part of the Olympics. So this got me thinking – should MLB listen to Bryce and allow major leaguers to participate in the Olympics? No. No. Uh, you've got – that you're means you would saying, have – You're saying no? Right, you're saying no, right? 
I'm saying no. Okay. You've got like sure. two or three less weeks than in the summer that kids can go to Major League Baseball games. Like that doesn't help. Like because they're trying, already going because they're going to baseball games so much right now. But well, well, no one's going right now. I no, mean, you know what I mean. No, but but again, it gives two or three less weeks, and then that means you're pushing the season back three weeks, and so you've got the World Series in like what early to mid November. Mm-hmm. And then this is the perfect time for college kids to get that experience against other professionals, let the college kids go go to the Olympics and leave the major leaguers at home. This is a little different than the whole um, hockey season, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, finishing in early to late June, what's that matter for the Stanley Cup? But here, going into mid-November in Boston, ah, I mean, I, I don't I don't like it. I say – let the amateurs go. Yeah, I agree with you uh, with everything that you said, but I wanted to take it a step further. And baseball's not going to do it for a couple of reasons. One, because they just have too much money invested in these players. Also, two, sad to say, I because for most sports, this isn't true. But when it comes to baseball, will you agree with me? Where international play matters is not the Olympics for baseball. It's the WBC. And, like, that's where people want to see, like, the U.S. play against other countries. Like, to me, that I I definitely went to a couple of WBC games down here. You went with me. Like, that's it's outrageous. There were more people there at the Marlins ballpark than for, like, 10 games combined. So, that's where – And the atmosphere was ridiculous based on which teams were playing. Yeah, the atmosphere was crazy. I actually understand why people fight at soccer games. But this is is where I think – if Bryce Harper wants there to be an opportunity, because basically what he's saying is he wants there to be a baseball dream team. That's where they're going to have to make their argument because that's where MLB gets the ratings on TV. Like I was reading that the, when they were showing the WBC on the MLB network, like they had really good ratings. So that's where they're going to push this. If they're going to let the major stars play in interleague play. Well, I mean, I mean international the, play. the stars do get to play in the WBC, right? I mean, it's up to them. So you make a great point. Why do you need to do it in the Olympics? Let that actually be the amateurs. You've got the WBC, which is really like the World Cup, right? Yeah, because that's exactly same what it thing is. with soccer. The World Cup, yeah, you could go play for your country in the Olympics, but let's face it, you win the gold compared to a World Cup. Nah, it's all about the World Cup in soccer, even if you have a gold medal in the Olympics. This so just you bring like- up a great analogy, right? You're, you're right, JT. Play WBC, the pros go to that, amateurs to the Olympics. It sounds like Bryce Harper just wants more opportunity to prove that he wasn't overpaid. Oh, boy, here we go. Anyway, on to the next. So See, that made him nervous. N- <laughs> NBC Sports' Chris Sims recently reported that the Seahawks offered to trade Russell Wilson to the Browns for the 2018 number one overall draft pick, which the Browns used on Baker Mayfield it would just mean Seattle would have slid into that spot it would not have been Russell Wilson for Baker Mayfield let's get that clear so JT if you were this if you were the Browns would you have made that deal hell yes because at least I know (laughs) well yeah obviously we're getting Russell Wilson and they needed a quarterback because they took one with Baker Mayfield but hell yeah I do this just to stick it to the Seahawks because 
one thing you know, they're going to draft somebody terrible anyway that could have been taken in the third round. And not only that, that shows more disrespect to my dude, Russell Wilson. It's ridiculous. This yeah. is unbelievable. I saw something today. Pro Football Focus has him as like the number 33rd uh, player rating. Are you kidding? There's 32 NFL players better than Russell Wilson. Get out of here. This is ridiculous. Be. There might be. But no, no, there isn't. I've heard this story too, and this makes no sense. First of all, if you're Seattle and you were entertaining this, whoever is upstairs making this decision, fire everybody today. Like, fire them because this story <laughs> has gotten out. Fire them for all the draft picks they've made for the past six, seven years, and fire them that why would you – consider trading a superstar quarterback that you stole in the third round and you you molded this guy you built him up and you're gonna get all the credit for that why are you and you why are you trading him away i don't get that that to the browns of all people i was gonna ask you the same question like what was he what would have what was seattle thinking even thinking about that like i don't get it like there is no <laughs> there is there has not been a number one pick for the past five years that that you could draft that would replace the impact that Russell Wilson would have on your team. Especially, I know I said, I know I said that, and I know that makes you happy, but that's <laughs> true. Especially on a team like Seattle. So, yeah, I mean, listen, if if you were the Browns, it would have been a no-brainer. Could you imagine how sorry they would be if Baker Mayfield was on the Seahawks? Yeah. It, I, I mean, they definitely he, he they would not have made the playoffs last year. Just look at, just look at it this way. They were going to trade Russell Wilson to Cleveland, Baker Mayfield couldn't make the playoffs with OBJ, Juice Landry, Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt. I don't even know who the hell is on Seattle team because <laughs> Chris Carson is going to be out by week three anyway. <laughs> oh, that's my boy too, man. Uh, I agree with you. I, I don't – yeah, Cleveland would have made that deal, I think, in a heartbeat. So that's what makes me question if that's true or not. Yeah, I feel like there might be a retraction coming soon to some part of this story. So let's go from the guy that you think is the best quarterback in the league to the guy that I think is the best quarterback of all time and Tom Brady. So we know that Tom Brady is down in Tampa and there's a recent report that's come out uh, from former New York daily news and Dallas morning news, NFL columnist, Gary Myers, who's catching a lot of flack on social media, by the way, they are going in on Gary. Uh, Gary, we hope, we hope you uh, hope you get well soon. So what uh, Myers has said is that Brady apparently left New England because of his relationship with uh, offensive coordinator Josh McDaniel. So basically what Myers has, saying, has said that that uh, Brady was worn out by McDaniels after all the years that they spent together and that the duo had a deterior deteriorating relationship. So side note to this, Brady has come out and refuted this report like we expected him to do. But of course, we were going to talk about this. Do you think that this was the true reason that Tom Brady left New England? If not, what do you think the true reason was? I don't know. Like, do we even care anymore? Come on. Like, move on, people. Tom Brady has. Even Gronk has. Like, if Tom Brady was still in New England, then this would be a story, okay? But – What's it matter anymore? It doesn't matter. He's gone. Who cares? Who cares? Yes, who cares? Like, he's gone. He wanted to get away from Belichick, wanted to prove he could win on his own. He wanted to make the money he thought he should get these last two years, and he wanted weapons around him. 
So even if this is true, maybe McDaniels is the fifth or sixth reason. All right? Like, like doesn't matter. Shout out to Gary Myers for having the courage to break this stay, story. Stay strong, stay strong though, Gary. Gary. Stay strong, though. If you're listening and you have not seen this on Twitter, just go. I've never seen a guy who's discredited have to defend something that he got from a legitimate source. Like, Gary, Gary – Gary's got time in the game, so I, I trust there's some truth to this. But and and Gary, if you do listen to the show, feel free to come on. We will we will give you the platform to have your side of the story, and we actually we, we won't bash you for it. Well, unlike him, I believe you. But uh, oh, I didn't say I don't believe him. I just said, what's it matter? <laughs> it's great. You report what you need to report based on your sources, but like people that are like, oh, that's not true. Like, what's it matter? To me, like, I think it's good we're talking about this because I don't – Tom Brady coming out and saying this is not true is like a politician saying he's going to promise me something. Like, you just expect <laughs> that shit to happen. Like, whatever. But um, do I think that this was the reason he left New England? I'll get to a small part of why, but ultimately I think why he left New England was because he was tired of Belichick and not being surrounded by talent. Like, that's obvious. And I don't. I think he was tired of not being appreciated, which multiple players says happens with Belichick in New England. And the part about McDaniel's that I think is true because not only uh, Myers came out and reported something like this, but somebody uh, from within Boston media came and kind of backed him up. So uh, Christopher Gasper of WCBB TV, what he came out and basically said was, "Hey, Gary is saying this." I've heard the same thing here locally. And what he said was the main deterioration of the McDaniels and Brady relationship was that Brady was frustrated with McDaniels because there would be things that he would want McDaniels to install into the offense and he just wouldn't do it. So he wouldn't put what Brady wanted into the game plan. And ultimately what happened was Brady felt like they were phasing him out. And if that's true, definitely I could see that being a major rift between him and McDaniels, but I don't think it was the main reason he left. Oh, I thought you were going to say something smart. My bad. So no. let's move. Let's, I, mean, I, I mean, I know who cares. Let's move on. No, nobody, the thing no, is, you see that you, you, I, I've got to believe Brady had some input, but at the end of the day, Brady's got to understand too. He's not the offensive coordinator. McDaniels is. He should be because Josh McDaniels has shown what he can do calling offenses when he's not in New England. And yeah, like, he came back. It's not, it's not like Belichick gave him much, uh, many weapons. Yeah, so also, I've, I've seen Tom he Brady. He did as much of, with it that he could as Brady did. I've seen Tom Brady yell with McDaniels on the sideline, too. This could be why. But nobody cares. Let's move on. Let's move you don't on think he's going to yell at Bruce Arians when Bruce Arians giving him nine-step dropbacks? Not with that can go on. Not a chance. B.A. don't play that. See, Antonio, it's nobody in the Steelers is acting up until, <laughs> until oh, come left. on. Bruce Arians <laughs> been gone five years. Nobody was acting up when he was there. But no, let's uh let's move on to another quarterback, your boy Dak Prescott, who is still not signed to a long-term deal. Can't believe that. But um wanted to ask you an interesting question because you kind of brought this up with the baseball topic of because of the cold uh COVID-19 pandemic, it's affecting, you know, not only when seasons are going to start for in, for sports leagues but how you know payment is going to be doled out to players for the entire year so Dak doesn't have a deal do you think the coronavirus situation is affecting Dak's ability to get a deal done or is it something else 
can we be done with all of this drama? This is ridiculous. No, that's not affecting negotiations. What's affecting negotiations is the is, Cowboys thinking he's not worth the money. Is the Cowboys, <laughs> the Cowboys want it long-term, five-plus years. Dak wants four, so he can turn around and be a free agent again in his early 30s. And that is what the holdup is. That's what's affecting it. Like, and if Dak truly passed up $100 million guaranteed, then I don't feel bad for either side anymore. So, uh, done with it. Done with it. You can have all the excuses you want. Either one side's – either Dak's being too greedy or it comes down to the length of the contract, which figure it out. Like, figure it out. Yeah, I can't – here's the thing. I can't really blame Dak because we know the NFL is not for long. So, get as much money as you can while you're healthy. So, I'm not going to knock him but for JT, that. But, JT, there's a point to it. I, I get, I'm, I get, I'm with I you there. You. But if you've got $100 million guaranteed in the yeah, bank. Yeah, but, but you give – we're not going to get into it. What, what do you want, 110 Come no, on. I just, I just don't want them to pay Amari Cooper $100 million first before they pay the And that's why I don't feel bad for the Cowboys either. Yeah, I, 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 I put 100% blame on the Cowboys. And I, this is the thing I don't understand, and we'll move on. I don't understand why the Cowboys just won't do this. Pay him whatever it takes to get him right above what Goff and Wentz are making on their deals. And just do that, reset the market, and be over with it. Like, but, I don't maybe, get... but, JT, maybe they have, but that's still not good enough for Dak. Because what if that's 35, Wentz is at 34? Maybe maybe Dak is saying, I want 39. Uh, I don't know. I feel like they're going to regret not getting this done because they better hope that Watson doesn't sign his before because then they're going to be screwed. <laughs> you really want you really want the hands of your future negotiation to, your, to be in the hands of Bill O'Brien? I don't no, want that. And, and JT – that is where I would say I if I'm the Cow- with this, I no, thought you were done no, with this because you brought up a whole different, a whole different thing. Now, if I'm the Cowboys, that's where I'm nervous that we, if we're, if we really want Dak long term, we got to get it done before Watson because that is going to be the problem. Is he's going to see Watson's deal and say, "I want more than that," and you know, there's going to be a little bit of overpayment by your boy Bill O'Brien. Yeah, he might give him sixty. <laughs> Would not be shocked. All right, so let's switch gears to uh, extra corona topics. Um, very good question. I'm going to say – see, I'm going to be nice. This is a Don question. I'm giving Yes, him, sir. Yes, sir. I'm giving him props for bringing Thank this you. to my attention. Thank you. Bulls versus the Patriots. Which one is the more impressive dynasty? It, and listen, I don't like either team. So I think it's we're going to agree on this. It's hard I'm to call, say – I'm calling it we're going to agree on this. It's hard to say I'm biased to, or against the – you know, prejudice against the certain team here. I'm going to go Patriots, cool. multiple reasons. Longer time span, that's really the number one thing, JT, because they each have six titles. Patriots, yes, they're not six for six in Super Bowls, but in football, man. It's NFL, it's impossible. It's, it's impossible. You have a longer time span that they did, they did it over 20 years. And football is more of that team game. I don't want to take all of your reasons, so – I'll no, stop no, at, it's cool. I'll stop at three. It's more of a team game, which makes it difficult. Bulls had Jordan. They can get away with a lot other deficiencies. You can't do that in football. And then one of the other things is the major injuries in football change everything, as well as more turnover on rosters in football. Yeah, because of the cap, of course. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not going to really get too deep into it. I agree with everything you said as the Patriots. And just because it's harder to have a dynasty – in the NFL than the NBA and to win six with one guy 
that's damn near impossible. That'll never happen again. Also, to a small point, up take out that team that had Randy Moss on it. There, I don't think as a collective whole, there's on offense, there's been a team that the Patriots have had that can compare to what the what the Bulls had at during their dominance with Pippen, Rodman, Jordan. I know you want to say, you know, Luke Longley, Kukoc, like all these other good guys that can play. Like they had Horace Grant, like who's a damn good player. Like I don't think there's ever been a New England team outside the one with Moss that has been equal and talented to that one. But wouldn't that go to more of the effect that that's why the Bulls are a better dynasty? Because no. look at the guys they've had. Well, because I well because I I'm going at degree of difficulty there. Like I think it's that's what made the Patriots more impressive because their degree of difficulty was harder. I think one other thing I'll throw out there, you didn't mention it, so maybe you do have it written down. Oh, I'm sorry no, if I take I didn't it. mention one of the five. Go ahead. <laughs> Is that basketball's best of seven, football's best of one. One shot deal. You you might have that one bad day and you're done. Basketball, look, Jordan lost game one against the Jazz. He lost game one in 91 against the Lakers. They would have been done. But that's not the way it is in basketball. Football, it is. Win or go home, doesn't matter. You have a bad day. Football All doesn't right. care. So, so that got me thinking. You brought up something interesting. So football is like, you know, we know it's win, win once or go home. What do you think is the biggest upset in sports history? I want you to go first here. <laughs> so it's funny <laughs> – I, I, I don't so, want to take yours. Well, here's the thing. I didn't pick the obvious one because I thought you would pick it. Um, so I just went a different route. I went with the year. 2007 is the biggest upset in sports history. So App State went in and beat Michigan in the big house, which we thought would never happen. I was watching that game. and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then also in 2007, the Patriots lost their perfect season bid to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Ooh. So going with just 2007 as a whole. So, can I give three real quick? Of course, because you. What, 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 what would the show be without you giving three? Even, even though I guess it's tough to say biggest upset when I'm giving three. It's a three-way tie. 1980, Lake Placid, U.S. versus Soviet Union. See, why didn't you just hockey. pick that? That's why I didn't put that on there, because I knew you were going to It's the miracle. Well, I knew you were going to say that. Because there's another one. There's actually two just as big, if you look at it. That was the semifinals. Everyone knows the story. Disney even made a movie on it. The other one. My second one, come on, you know I'm a boxing guy. Buster Douglas just doesn't beat Tyson, knocks him out, mouthpiece and all comes out. He was, no one thought it was possible. Like no one, baddest man on earth, Mike, Mike Tyson. Only one sports book as far as I'm aware of through the history is what they've said. Only one sports book, JT in Vegas, had odds on it, 42 to 1. Only one. That's why no – Think about that. No one wanted to touch it. It was that impossible. But M James Buster Douglas did it. And the effects of it, I think he rewrote the heavyweight division since then because it changed the whole dynamics. Holyfield, Tyson, maybe right now, heavyweight division starting to get back, but it's taken almost 30 years. And then shout out to our boy, Clutch Hutch. He was on the Howard Bison team oh. that point wise by vegas were the biggest underdogs in college football history to ever win they were 45 and a half point underdogs at unlv in 2017 they won 43 to 40 our boy clutch hutch on that team 
JT, do you know who the starting quarterback for Howard was that day? I do not. Cam Newton's younger brother, Kalen Newton. He did go to he did go there. I do remember that. So shout out to our boy Clutch Hutch. That's my number three for the three-way tie biggest upset. Shout out to Clutch Hutch. All right. So sticking with the upset theme, we talked, I think we talked about before uh best teams. I want to give some love to this category. Who do you think is the best team to never win a title? Whew. This was tough. And I only had three because I didn't know where you were going with it. Oh, man. I've had, I have so, I have like five written down. All right. I got to go most obvious. I'm not going to give you all five. <laughs> Please don't give me all five. I'm going to go most obvious here 2007 Patriots. I mean, Wow. Did not think that's where you were going. Really? Yeah. I, I've got to go that. And then I'm going to throw in my two Pittsburgh teams, the 76 Steelers, um, greatest defense ever. They should have won the Super Bowl that year. They had injuries in the AFC title game. And then, and then the 92-93 Penguins, 56-21-7, and 17-game seven, winning streak, longest in NHL history. And they did not lose the last 18 games of that season, JT, in the regular season. But then they lost in seven to the Islanders. All right. So the obvious one I thought was going to be the 80s Russian men's hockey team. So I thought that's what you were going to go with. And just just to get the elephant out of the room, the reason that's so crazy is because I didn't know this. They had won every gold medal in hockey in every Winter Olympics since 1960 up until that point. So – if that's, Ooh, look if, at that's, you. if that's not an upset, I don't know what it is. And then during that tournament, they beat their opponents going into the final round scoring 51 goals while only giving up 11. And I think at some point during that Olympics, they beat Japan 16 to zero in hockey. So for them not to win it all, that's probably the best team to not win a title. But I picked another one because this one just pisses me off because I remember when this happened. And legit, I did. I, you know, you get so mad about something, you just go to sleep. So you just wake up the next day and get it over with. 2000 Miami Hurricanes, 11 and 1 during the regular season. Yeah. And we had that yep. one mistake against Washington with, yep. uh, was it Tui Asasopo? Pissed me off. And then not only that, we beat FSU during the regular season. And then they get to go to the national championship yep. only to score two points and get beat by Oklahoma. So. This is the thing with that because I I had them written down and I didn't mention it. That team was so stacked. I'm, that's just a that's just me with my heart. But this is the thing, and you know me, I'm a you guy. Like, you sounded like to, a Pitt Panther guy right to, now. No, no, I'm I'm a you guy to the death. But the thing with that team, I agree with you. They should have been over Florida State. But this is the thing, by the same reasoning. Washington Huskies only had one loss all year, and they beat the Canes. So if anybody I think should have won, if that's your reasoning, okay, if you want to do it by scheduling and everything and wins, don't you think it should have been Washington? I guess, but just my Canes should have gone. But, but that team is on that list because, I mean, they were unbelievable. I mean, look at who's on that team. Just so many Hall of Famers. And what makes it worse is, JT, that was the first game of the year. It'd be different if I was at the end to say, hey, man, you just got beat in the most important time. Like, that was the first game of the year. You know, you don't have your bearings yet. They had to go all the way to the West Coast. The guys were barely in school at that point because it was the beginning of the semester. Three games that – there's only two other games in Kane's history that have made me more upset I, that, More upset as this one. 
All right, go ahead, because I've got I've got the two in mind. This, well, let's see if you can guess them. You already know what one of them is. I've got to say the Ohio State title game. Of course, that pissed me off. The one this, for go ahead. This one, this this game that we lost against Washington, that made me so mad I went to sleep during the middle during the day. <laughs> and then don't ask me why, but there was another one that made me so upset that I was like, I gotta go take a nap. I'm pissed. Uh, I forgot the year, but I think Kenny Kelly was our quarterback and we lost to UCLA. Oh, out in the Rose Bowl? Yes. That I, was like that was like Butch Davis's early years, right? Yeah, I don't know why, but that but just losing that game pissed me off too. Maybe because I thought we could beat UCLA and I was like, what, oh gosh. Wasn't that your boy was on that team of the Dolphins, Kareem Abdul Jabbar? Probably. The running back? I would my third would have been the even though I don't remember it, but just hate seeing the highlights, the 87 Fiesta Bowl against Penn uh, State. Think about that. JT, that's three titles right there that Miami should have more. Easily. Easily. Mm-hmm. No reason not to have those titles. They were the better team in each of those years and each of those games they lost. One more before we move on. Honorable mention for best team to not win a title. I know it's not flashy, but just for this one stat alone, uh, the 2015-16 San Antonio Spurs, they were 40-1 and one at home during that entire year. Like. Woo. That's crazy. So that means so that means if you're 41 at home and you couldn't win the best of seven format, <laughs> that's an upset. I'm sorry. Doesn't matter what you do in the regular season. Honorable mention that if we're gonna do that, the 95, oh, man, give me your five. 95, 96 Red Wings, 62, 13, and seven, second points, second most points all time with 131, first and wins all time in a season, 62. They lost to the eventual champs, the Colorado Avalanche, who swept your Florida Panthers. They had guys like Iserman, Fedorov, Fatisov, Larionov, Mike Vernon, ridiculous hockey team in the mid-90s. They eventually did win one, but not that particular team. I'm done with my list on that. Thanks, JT. That, that, was, that, was, that was all, all <laughs> That's 20, all. Right. That's all. That's all 10. So, JT – Trivia time. We started our main event with baseball. We're going to wrap it up with just one trivia time question. Baseball, this is a tough one for you. I know baseball is not your wheelhouse, but we'll give it a go. I love baseball, but yes, statistically it's not my wheelhouse. (laughs) You got to say that, right? You're making it seem like I just don't watch baseball. That's true. I take that back. I'm sorry. I'm the one of us that's been to the World Series. uh, Okay. Hey, I've been the one. As, As a fan, like sitting in the seats? Yes. It's just not my team that I watched. But I've been the one this did past you? year, the Nationals. I went to uh, game five of the oh, Nationals. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did. Yeah, you forget. Yeah, I can't say that anymore. You, you just made it. <laughs> so Mike Trout has three AL MVPs. How many, other, how many of the other five players in history with three AL MVPs can you name? There's five of them. We're talking AL here, not the NL, the AL. So I got to think of some Yankees players. That's a good start. That's a really um, good start. <laughs> Think Yankees. That's a great – I'll give you that hint. Babe Think Ruth y- had three? <laughs> nope. Not nope. on the list. Not you on don't the have list. three? I don't even know if they were giving out MVPs back then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so post Jackie Robinson. Um, oh, that's tough, man. Yeah, um, Come on, Yankees. I'm giving you the huge hint here. Come on. You know I struggle on the spot with these trivia questions. Oh Come on. He one of these guys is a local guy from Miami. Oh, A-Rod? A-Rod. 
There you go. You got one of the five. At least you I won't wanted get to say shut it. Out. I was like, he won three MVPs. You won't get shut out. <laughs> you won't get shut out. Thank Come on, you. think about um, think about think about what's that position the Yankees are known for? Like Cowboys quarter, Cowboys no, not Jeter. Cowboys quarterback. What's the position the Yankees are known for? Like it was every little boy's dream to play this position for the Yankees. I just want to think of players. Oh, come on, there's only nine positions on a baseball team. Run through them in your head. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I want to ask you a question. Are any pitchers on there? No. No. Okay. No. Come on. Do, 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 do. Like, I can't give you all day here. Fans are nah, going to go to sleep I'm, on I'm us. Stuck. My brain is fried from talking to you so much. Think center field Yankees. Come on, man. Go back like 40, 50, 60 years. Uh, what's his name? What's 44? Jackson? Nah. nah. Not Reggie. Not Reggie. Not Reggie. He didn't really play center field. Mm, All right. So let's go. Yeah, give him to me. I don't know. Joe DiMaggio. Come on. You oh, forgot him. Yes. You forgot about the Paisan. That's oh, so disrespectful oh. right now. Joe D. Mickey Mantle. Another Italian Yogi Berra. Come on. Oh, my God. And then Jimmy Fox. I actually was thinking Jimmy, Jimmy Fox. So, there you go, JT. I know you'll do better with the other sports. But, JT, we covered a lot of topics. Great debate, as always. Great show. I enjoyed it. I had fun. I had fun. Hopefully, all the listeners, the loyal, our loyal listeners at home did as well. And with that, please remember to subscribe to us, JT and the Don Podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app, and wherever else you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And if you like what we do, please leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, please leave us a five-star review. And also, please follow us on social media, our handle, at JT and the Dawn. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So again, thank you for listening. And JT, until the next episode, see ya. Peace.